this is Sean Grant, and today I'm talking to the legend that is Plastician. How are you doing, guitar? I'm good, thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, so how's your day been? It's been good, yeah. I've been in the Rebel studio today uh, in London with Rapture 4D, who's down from Glasgow doing a, a grind. We did a collaboration, uh, made a grind beat um, for part of this Rebel project he's he's a part of. Uh, they're bringing down a lot of Glasgow's sort of grime uh, producers to work with a lot of the London-based artists. So, yeah, I was lucky enough to be uh, one of the London-based artists to be involved in the project and looking forward to seeing what comes of the beat that we made today because uh, someone's supposed to be going in to vocal it tonight. So let's wait and see if they turn up and see what they do with it. <laughs> okay. So do you know when that's going to come out? Or um, I believe sometime in August. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's um, there's, it sounds like there's a lot of music that they've been working on. They've literally been down all week working on stuff and uh, I believe they've been up here like recording mixes. I know Rapture's actually coming up uh, again a bit later to record a mix for Radar. They've been non-stop since they got down on Monday, so it'll be interesting to see as and when that music starts to appear online. Cool, so do you know if it's gonna be like a whole project at one time or released over a period, or is it just like, this is a single, this is a single, this is a single? I think a bit of a mixture. Um, I think the plan is that they're gonna be releasing uh, tracks and they'll be sort of like accompanied by videos that maybe will be about like the session and how the session went. Perhaps sometimes we'll be interviewing the artist involved. Um, so yeah, I'm not 100% sure how it's going to be delivered, but um, it'll probably be, um, I'd imagine the way they were talking about it, it'll be like singles that will kind of like be grouped together on, on like SoundCloud or something like that yeah. that you'll be able to listen to there. Okay, cool. So to take it all the way back, what kind of music did you grow up listening to like before? Before I uh, even got into DJing and stuff. So in my household, um, pretty cheesy, to be honest. I mean, my, my dad doesn't really have a great interest in music, like unless we're talking about like Rod Stewart, you know, yeah. rocking Rod. My mum, yeah, my mum my liked, uh, had a bit better taste in music than my dad. Uh, she liked reggae and dub, uh, although we didn't hear too much of it in the house, but um, a lot of sort of like boogie and funk and... Um, and, and just like pop music as well, you know, like I grew up around a lot of that. Um, so my my main interest as I was growing up was like football and sport. I was outside all the time. It wasn't really until I got, got into my late teens and started going to like college and um, I discovered Pirate Radio and I just loved uh, like UK Garage and the tail end of that, especially the, the darker stuff. Yeah. And that uh, really wanted me, I really wanted to get into DJing through that. I started buying records. And yeah, when I was 18, I bought um, some decks off a friend and that was it. That was the beginning of the story, really. Uh, from there on in, it was always like pirate radio, following what Garage was doing at the time. It was always Garage. I never really had an interest in anything else but Garage at the time. So yeah. my uh, musical tastes were very narrow. I didn't, I wasn't very, my horizons were not broadened until I started making music and traveling and meeting other people. But uh, yeah, it was always Garage and the offshoots of Garage that, that really like got me into music. Yeah. So when you first got into music, were your family quite supportive or did they see it as like a waste of time? or A bit of both. I mean, I've definitely like had my periods in my life where I would have like a bit of a fad, you know, like I remember like being into rollerblading when I was like 14. <laughs> yeah. And like that was expensive hobby, you know, like they were not cheap, those skates and all of the equipment and going to skate parks and traveling and all that kind of stuff. And I never really got that good at it, but I definitely like spent quite a lot of money not being good at it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I remember, I vividly remember my dad making a joke about when we bought the decks that it was going to be another waste of money. 
and yeah. uh, lo and behold, Dad, you were wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, once I sort of got into it, yeah, they, they've always been very supportive. Um, I, like I say, my dad kind of said that as more of a joke, you know, like yeah. they were happy to see that I was like doing something that I had an interest in. And I think when they realised I was sort of staying up all night trying to make beats and, you know, like once I started getting gigs and especially the first few gigs like out of town and, and abroad, that was when I think they realised that, oh, you know, like he's doing well. And then when I started earning some okay money out of it, you know, it became, we tried to do as much as we could to make sure that I could make a sustainable living out of it. And uh, it took a while, but um, eventually got to that point where it was like, dad, I, I can't be coming to work with you anymore. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to make a go of it. You know, yeah. like I'm starting to earn more money doing that than I am working with him in the week. And yeah, it was just time to, to call it a day really. Yeah. What was it? What did he do? Like, what was the family trade? My dad's a carpenter. So oh. um, I used, I'm not skilled in, in that trade at all. I just used to kind of help him out uh, three days a week while I was at college. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was helping him out Um. just sort of clearing up, making tea, doing like really sort of unskilled jobs like sanding or, uh, you know, like putting fitted, ki putting kitchens together, like flat pack stuff, yeah. like some people needed done. If we were fitting a kitchen, he'd be like doing all of the hard work while I was just literally like putting the cupboards together with a screwdriver. And yeah, that was that was my last, uh, like, well, not full-time job. I was part-time because I was at college as well, studying music at the same time. So yeah. but, and before that, I worked in... Um, I worked in, in music distribution and um, that was my last full-time job um, and I did that until I was 21, I think. Okay, so and, you'd yeah. already reached like a sustainable... By then I wasn't earning very much money but I learned a lot about the industry while I was working in the distribution so I knew how to like press records. Um, so yeah, I, I my first release would have been out when I was like started working with my dad. Yeah. Um, I went back to college to do music. Um, I went with Scream actually. Um, we went to college together, um, and yeah, by then I'd already had a few releases out. I was running my label. Um, I actually toured America and Japan while I was at college. Mad. Yeah, it was <laughs> mad. Like I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't expect that to happen. It's like when I enrolled for the course, but the teachers at the college were like super uh, supportive. It wasn't all about, oh, you've got to get the grades. It was like, well, you're you're doing what you're here to do, you know? That is really cool. Go and do w the music thing. Yeah. Because like that experience is worth more than the grade that I'm going to get at the end of the course anyway. So, I mean, there was another kid in the class who uh, got offered a job um, at Abbey Road Studios, but literally just in the duplication room. So his job was just to sit there and copy CDs of like the sessions yeah. and give them to like the label, the management, the artist, whatever, whoever needed them. Obviously nowadays it's all just whacked onto a USB or something, but this was still in the days of like actual recordings, like DAT recordings and CDRs and stuff. And our teacher, he was like literally two weeks away from finishing the course. And my teacher said to him, take the job. Like the most important thing in this industry is getting your foot in the door. And yeah. that's a, a nice door to be putting your foot in. Yeah, even if it's at the bottom. Exactly, yeah. I'm sure he's still working in the industry somewhere. I don't know what he's doing now. Yeah. He's not like a Facebook friend or anything. But uh, yeah, I hope he's doing well. Um, he would have definitely passed the course as well. So it was kind of mad when the teacher told him, like, don't worry about it. Go yeah. take the job. What uh, what college was that? Where did you grow up? I was a Carl Shorten College in, um, like, near where I live in Croydon. Oh, okay. So you are, like, 
Yeah, it was quite local. local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's got they got had a full recording studio there, and uh, yeah, just like I said, the teachers turned. Well, I didn't know when I enrolled for the course. Um, I just wanted to do music. I wanted to learn more about what I was doing. Really, it wasn't yeah. even about the qualification for me. It was just I wanted to know more about. I wanted to learn more about making beats and re recording music, um, and I definitely did that. But um, I didn't take a great deal of the techniques I, I learned on with me because I still use like FL Studio to write beats now and uh, we didn't learn any of that at, at college so yeah I've, I definitely it was more about you know like recording live instruments and events and stuff like that but I did come out of it with a qualification I just chose not to go on to university by the time I got out of college the music was was going quite well so I just rode the wave after that really yeah how, how old are you when you released Plastic Man then? So my first release um, on Slimzy's label in 2002, I think I was 20, I would have been 21 when oh, that okay. came out. So that would have been like towards the tail end of college then? Uh, that was before college. I, I didn't actually go to college till 22. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I left college. I think I was, yeah, I, I was 22 when I started the college um, course. I think I'd had uh, two releases at that point. I had the Slimzy one and then um, one on... Um, I believe Mark One's label. It might have even been three releases. I remember turning up to the college interview with vinyl um, <laughs> to show them that like I was doing music. That's already. pretty good. And yeah. the teacher just said, yeah, like, she came in and she went, are these yours? And I said, yeah. And she went, I'm, you're enrolled. You don't have to take <laughs> She was like, she just wanted to make sure people were serious about music. So when we turned up, Scream was the same. Like, we were both like sitting there with like your, your kind of like CV and like your whatever it was. Um, record of achievement i don't know what it was but uh yeah as a literal record yeah <laughs> and we had vinyl as well and the teacher was just like you're pressing vinyl and we were like yeah and she was like right you're definitely getting on the course amazing yeah straight in that's really cool so who would you say are some of the lesser known people that have been so like really instrumental in your career um so one of my friends dj abel i think he's still on rinse fm these days like he was one of the first people that kind of started rolling with um we used to do uh, broadcasts from his house, like on Win over Winamp, like on like really basic internet stations. Yeah. Um, really like low, broad, like low bandwidth, that kind of thing. Um, and he made some contacts that got me into uh, my first sort of regular pirate radio slot. We both went on the station called Two GFM in Deptford, and then um, yeah, I mean, I got on, I got on Rinse a few years later down the line, and I helped him like i helped get his like tape to the guys at rinse and he's on rinse now still he's been on there almost as long as me i think so yeah, yeah like he's been around he's one of like my my oldest friends like before we did music our parents were friends growing up and we weren't like really tight or anything but like as we got older we kind of like reconnected because we both dj'd and yeah. it was like oh you you still live at your mum's and i did too and it was like oh what music are you playing and we were both playing like vocal garage at the time and like bits of dark garage he he was more into the vocal side like he's gone into like like house like actual not like fun uk funky but like funky house kind of like french okay. french house uh, like italo disco that kind of stuff yeah and uh yeah he's doing he's doing really well at the moment so uh that's that's been cool um other people like n n type who you know uh he was one of the first people to play my music on the radio i always remember that um and obviously like Slimzy, Slimzy did a lot of things, um, got me in the door at Rinse as well, really. Uh, Mark One and Virus Syndicate, who kind of like got the show on Rinse and brought me in. Yeah. And then it was like purely chance that Genius at Rinse heard me, like there was a show that they couldn't make it down. So I had to cover it on my own and talk. And that was 
genius heard that and he was like i was doing like 11 till 1 on a saturday covering them when they couldn't make it down yeah at the time the whole station was just grime mcs and crews and uh no one was talking about the music that was being played so when i was on the radio on my own i was like oh this is so and so's track it's coming out soon i didn't talk like this i talked like i was working on a market stall like yeah. you listen to it it's quite embarrassing but do you uh, find those are they, do you have those like available I th someone i think spooky uploaded a bunch of tapes and he has like what is got to be one of my earliest rinse shows it's online somewhere it's from like april 2003 and i sound um i I sound like an idiot. Like I'm about 19 years old. Yeah. I don't sound. I sound like I'm trying to be someone else. I don't. Yeah. But maybe that was what I sounded like at the time. I don't know. I can't remember. We used to make jokes that like, uh, yeah, you had to sound like a market trader or <laughs> or or a roadman. It was like one or the other. Which one are you gonna pick? Like, and then there was the odd people who still sounded like cheesy, like Sunday afternoon Heart FM style yeah. DJs. <laughs> Welcome to There's Grime yeah. FM. Who's having a good time? Ab absolutely having a great time. This is a new one from Nicky S and Nike. <laughs> there was a you couple. Did that too well. I know. Uh, it's my impression of one of the guys that used to be on Rinse. Actually, like we used to always rip him for it. But uh, yeah, yeah, funny man. Yeah, that's jokes. Um, yeah. So you've always been someone that's either ahead of the curve or right alongside it in terms of technology and music do you feel like that's been instrumental into your longevity and yeah definitely i think um i think i'd have always like been able to have a career just sort of like playing like classics like at the time we didn't know they were classics but if i stopped playing new music in like 2008 i could probably still pick up gigs now just doing like the classic 2000 to 2005 grime and like 2005 to 2008 like dubstep or whatever like in yeah. a set and that would probably be like festival booker's dream like that's pretty much what my agent gets hit up for all the time but i have no interest in doing that so if anything it's like it might have made my career long but it's yeah. definitely like lost me a few quid down the years you know like What's sometimes that? i'm a little bit too maybe too far ahead of the curve like are we playing stuff in clubs that take three years later it's popping yeah and i have had to like slug it out for three years like earning no money or you know sometimes like just getting enough money to like get myself there and back yeah when i could easily earn like five or six times that just playing a bait set but you know i i, I just think <coughs> that's never really like that's never been that interesting to me yeah um yeah i, I mean if i think i think another thing just comes down to like m the way you manage your money in this game as well like i've never really been a big spender or I've always just sort of been like, I earn enough to like, to be comfortable, but not be like under pressure to earn. So maybe if, maybe if I really felt that pinch, like, whoa, you know, like if you don't earn some money next month, you're going to be kicked out of your house or yeah. then I might be like, whoa, where's that money? Like, yeah. give me, give me that classic set. Like, yeah, where's those uh, yeah <laughs> I will play anything right now. Yeah. yeah I never, yeah. I've always like been fortunate enough um, to make enough money to keep, keep it moving and i think like running the label and doing all the other little bits on the side like it all adds up you know and it just means that i don't have to um like my art doesn't have to suffer for it which has been i've been really lucky for that in that case yeah so i think that I'm, i might be wrong i thought was it you or was it cable i, I thought it was you cable and complexion a few days ago on twitter we we're talking about um 
how a lot of sets in London now feel very stagnant. Yeah, definitely. And everyone's just kind of playing to the crowd. And, that, and that's something that I've witnessed coming back from Japan as well. Yeah. Because for me, when I like in Japan, you have a producer or a famous DJ, they'll play nothing that you know. It'll be from artists that you might know. Like mm. you'll know like 75% of the artists will be brand new music. Everyone enjoys it. Everyone goes yeah. wild. No one cares about throwback. Yeah. And I had to look at, like I, I was thinking about why is it that Japan is so open to everything? And I was thinking, well, yeah, okay, they have a hip-hop scene. They have a scene for everything that is a niche out here. Like, one of my mates uh, found a Scouse house night <laughs> in Tokyo. And Amazing. they're playing Blackout Crew. No um, way. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Um, uh, and, yeah, I, I, I'm just wondering if, it's, if they, they're so open because they don't have that history that we have. So when I go to certain raves, it's like, okay, you have to play old grime. You have to play throwback, MTV bass sounds. Mm. And that's that's great and, and all, but it gets tiring when you have that every set you go to, and when people yeah. come over from other countries, and it's like, oh, we're gonna play the same thing, so that you yeah. that we, you understand we relate to you, and we get England totally. Yeah, is yeah. that something that you've bared witness to? Oh, uh, uh, def definitely. I mean, it's uh, it's it's kind of like it's kind of boring just watching DJ like to like. To, this is the problem, right? For for me and like from a DJing perspective, you're kind of you you'll go to watch a DJ and kind of hope that you'll hear something that makes you go, "What is this? Like, does anyone know what this tune is?" You know, yeah. and that used to make me leave my house. That's why I used to go out. I used to go to Forward. I used to go to Sidewinder. I used to go anywhere that I could, where I might have that moment in the evening where someone plays something that makes me go, "What is this? Who knows what this is? I need to find it out. I need." I need this track in my collection or I need to hear more like this. Who's made this? Like, who's this guy? Do you know what I mean? And uh, my problem is there's people in a position that they're completely capable of doing that. But instead of doing that, they'll choose to just play a uh, Rhythm and Gash VIP remix that they've done. Or, you know, like, they'll, they're all playing the same tracks, you know. It'll be like Feed Them to the Lions, then Rhythm and Gash, then Pulse X, then Pow. Then it's like... We know we all know these tracks. Yeah. This is the problem, right? It's this festival culture. We don't have any club culture anymore. So the only way anyone can earn any money these days is getting booked at festivals. And if you're not playing back to back rhythm and gash uh vibe music, mm. you're not gonna get booked because that's what the bookers want. They just want people to pack out the stage. And if you wanna play that, you will pack out the stage because your average music goer these days, like festival goer don't really know why they're there yeah the, I, I'm, I'm friends with people like this you know like they go to all these festivals and they've heard of all the djs but they can't talk, tell you anything about them or what music they play or what what they've recently released or anything they just go for the party yeah and uh also like london is a major london has a major problem because the clubs in london are facing increasing rent you know, yeah, it's yeah. so expensive for them to just stay open. So they're under pressure to sell tickets and sell drinks. Like playing cutting edge music that no one's heard before is not selling drinks and packing out clubs. It it gets clubs reasonably busy with enthusiastic people who will get their bang on doors opening and, and they won't leave till you play the last tune and the lights come up. But they'll stand there all night and maybe buy two drinks and yeah. they'll just like- listen. They're there for the music. Yeah, totally. But that doesn't interest these yeah. club owners because they don't need that until that these people are packing the club and it takes time to do that you know a lot of clubs haven't got time to wait to see if your night is going to pop off yeah so from a like someone who puts nights on myself as well it's like just talking to the people who own these clubs is difficult because 
they know who you are and they kind of respect what you're doing but at the same time they need your night to pick up a little bit quicker than like it is doing maybe it's like oh we really like your night and we can see how it's going and we want to help we want to continue but we kind of need you know we need more numbers in or like we can't really give you any money towards it we can't and it's like have you had that combo a lot yeah i've definitely had it a lot um yeah i mean you kind of have to go out midweek for music that is not like house and techno in london or you know like big big room music yeah like more obvious stuff like top 40 you know <laughs> yeah um so you throw a lot of nights at phonox right mm -hmm. in uh brixton that's right yeah uh how did that relationship begin and, and what is it about phonox do you feel that they have a lot of respect for what you do and so i started out um i've done nights um to and fro like throughout my career but i think about four or five years ago i started a terror rhythm party in plan b basement and uh, plan b is where phonox is now so when plan b got bought out got sold we, we was doing quite well in the basement on like Friday, Saturday nights. Um, they wanted to move us upstairs into the main room, but I liked the fact that we got the basement rammed and it was like a real vibe in there. And I was putting on like music, like people like Amy Becker played what must have been one of her first ever gigs at those Terrorism parties. Right. Uh, Madam X, another one who like they these, I asked for people to send in like a demo mix. I was yeah. like, I want to like book some new talent. And those were two people that sent in like, and Dark Stepper as well, actually sent in like fire mixes i was like these mixes sound great i love like the selection and the mixing's good and yeah like look at them all now they're doing well yeah yeah but that was the sort of thing that we were booking at this night it was just like didn't need to be a big well-known act it just had to be good and people came through and it was always a vibe and we had heads you know people that came through every every month when we did one so when the club shut i reached out to andy payton and said uh i i really i've just re heard that you bought out the club and like we were doing like quite well in the basement i'd love to like continue mm -hmm. and he explained that the basement's not going to be a thing at phonox so the basement it, it still exists but it's just kind of like a chill out like bar yeah, they play the, the music from the main area. room in. so i was like oh it's a shame and he's like well you can come down maybe do like a midweek thing in the club and I was like, well, come, let me come and see it. And I went down and it was a bit daunting because it is a big room up there. Compared to the downstairs, Com especially. Yeah, it's like double the, more than double the yeah, size of the definitely. downstairs. So now I was always like not sure about doing it when we had the weekend. And he was talking about me doing a weekday in that big room. And, and I wasn't looking to book anyone that was well known at these parties. This was all about me pushing this wave music and the artists on my label and just like local people and maybe bringing the odd guests through here and there. Yeah. to help like bring a few heads through and uh yeah it's gone really well um haven't done one for a few months uh we took a little break i got really i had a really really busy festival season last year and it kind of like rolled over into the end of the year and it was just like impossible for me to take time to promote because i promote the whole thing on my own you know like yeah. i work it all do everything even design the flyers and it's like oh really yeah it, literally all of it it's 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 a hard slog um, I even used to go out flyering, like people see me in Brixton handing flyers out in the week and like yeah. putting posters up in Brixton Village and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's a graft, man. It takes time. So it's one of them things that normally it's like, right, if I've got like, if I look like a, like one month, I've got a couple of weekends maybe that there's not a lot going on, then I might be like, right, let's like lock a little event in there. I can like, I've got a week previous prior to it to like batter the promo, be online and do all that. So yeah, I think like now I think I've got um 
I'm hoping to get some more dates locked in um, for the tail end of the year, but I haven't had that conversation with them just yet. So okay. we'll wait and see um, on that front. And um, we do have a launch party for Glassy's album. Um, that one's free, isn't it? Yep, that's a free one. And that's another thing as well. Like mate, doing a lot of these parties for me is not about earning money. I just want it to be busy. I want people to come through and hear. So like making it free, although it means that no one really gets paid a great deal of money. Yeah everyone is probably going to be paying to a packed room of people who are interested and they'll get there early that's like we're playing at cameo you have to be in by 11 um on the 5th of august um yeah. the doors open at nine so from my experience of being in there for other people's parties that have gone well it's normally pretty busy by about like 9 45 because everyone knows that if you get there one minute past 11 you don't get in even yeah. if there's like one person in the dance they're not letting you in it's it's kind of unusual i don't know what it is maybe a licensing thing but it does mean that you kind of get a room full of heads. So if the party's going to pop, it, it'll be busy early because yeah. then people want to get in, you know, and it's free. They know that if it's a busy weekend night in town, then people know they can get in there for nothing. It's, there's going to be a queue around the block, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Definitely. That's going to be fun. What day is that? That is the August. 5th of August. Oh, cool. That's when the show is. Oh, okay. So good timing. Nice. Um, yeah, so we can plug that. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you go. Um, yeah, so that release, uh, how long have you had that? Because I remember um, there was a show, I remember, I think I was listening in Japan. It must have been like just before I was coming back to England. So it would have been July last year and P-Money was on it. And there were two tunes that I heard in a row and I was like, these are mad. I need to like know yeah. what they are. One was from him and uh, I can't remember which tune it is, but it's like my favorite. I have to find it. And the other was from Clacy Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how long have you, have you like been working with these guys and what like attracted you to, to them? So Glassy, um, he had his... So I, I was working with Glassy before he was called Glassy. Actually, he had a release on the label um, under his previous alias, which was Kyle Cook. And um, he edited a release with uh, Parkinson White. It was Parkinson White and Kyle Cook Temple, which did really well. It was um, went into a, like a computer game and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, then he started like, he kind of switched his sound up a little bit. He was kind of doing like more like hip hop stuff back then. Yeah. And then he went into this kind of like, sound kind of like a cross between like rusty and like heavy grime. Mm. And he really kind of made that sound his own. Like he kind of, it went from sounding like rusty to actually just sounding like him. It's like, he kind of really carved his own sound out of all of the styles that he was influenced by. And uh, yeah, so we put his EP out on, it was either beginning of last year or the tail end of 2015, the Lucid EP. And uh, yeah, like I was playing a lot of the music off of that. It was a really good, um, done, done pretty well. Um, but like just one of my favorite re uh, releases that we put out in the previous years. And he hit me up, he's like, I got an album. And I was like, okay. And he was like, look, I know albums are a big risk, blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, just send it to me and I'll tell you if I think it's an album. Because like, there's an there's albums and there's someone who's got 10 tracks ready yeah, to release, yeah, you know, yeah. different. But I listened to it, I was like, no, do you know what? Like, this is an album. Like, it wouldn't make sense to cut it in half or like put it into three parts or... Yeah. So I was like, let's just do it. Like, it's great. Um, keep building. Um, let's get it finished. Work out the tracks. We were trying to get features on bits and that, and uh, we did get one and then it decided it didn't really fit. And we were trying to chase another one for a long time. And that's why it's taken as long as it had, just because we were kind of running after people for so long. And after that, I was just like, do you know what? Like album's good with or without any features. Yeah, on it. It let's, just, on its own. let's just put it out. And like, if and when someone turns around and says, can I vocal said tune, we can then 
re revisit it and maybe like turn it into a, f a future single or you know he's got other music that he's sat on still that could potentially work as b-sides and stuff yeah. so that was that clacy jones was um this was a real good one like it was you like it. it was li he literally did yeah like, um, <laughs> i got i got a message on my soundcloud inbox as i always ask people send me music um just got a message on soundcloud someone i'd never heard of four tracks i listened to more i was like these are pretty good downloaded them um didn't think too much of it i just thought yeah they sound pretty cool went on the radio started mixing them i'm like wow i'm starting like when you start mixing the tunes it's a bit different you're hearing them differently and i went home after that show and i hit him up and i was like don't put anything online uh i want to like i want to manage you i want to like i want to guide what you're doing like yeah. you're you're in a spot you've got good music and no one's heard of you and there's nothing public and like <laughs> this is like your chance to like smash it out your first release and yeah. really like carve a lane for yourself like i wish i could have done that and he's a fan of yours isn't he yeah and he yeah exactly and it was just like he was like i'm down and i was like i was like i was like let's like let's just build an ep i was like here's my idea like we had the art direction he told me all this stuff that he was into i was like right we're gonna go this route with it um so that, yeah it was just about like using the same artist for who, all his releases so he got continue continuation throughout the releases what's her name Mi Miki chat uh misukat yeah that's it misukat yeah yeah she's is she german yes okay that's right yeah, yeah. so she's working on some art for another ep right now um oh, amazing we've done the sketch she's just coloring it at the moment so we're working on the music in the meantime but hopefully he'll have another ep out in the next few months um yeah he's just like a beast in the studio he literally like bangs about 10 tracks out a week like i was on um i I have his login for SoundCloud. I just tell him just upload all your music privately, and I can go through it as and when. Yeah, he's literally got three hundred and forty-two tracks on SoundCloud at the moment, all private. Are you serious? Yeah. And I guess like some the, of them. Don't get me wrong. Some of them are like he's uploaded two or three times. Yeah. But not many. Yeah. And yeah. some of them are like a minute long, like clips. Like, yeah, ideas. Or yeah. Sketches, he, but I mean, he's like that. Like if he doesn't finish something real quick, like he's very hard to like get him to like finish it. Yeah. But. He just he, leaves it there. If he gets something like three quarters done, it's it's like mind blowing when he does it. And uh, yeah, he's definitely sat on about. It's hard. It's really hard, like looking after him because he's got too much music. Like we're trying to like feed some bits to like rappers and vocalists, and uh, no one's really seeing what we're seeing, what I'm seeing at least, like what I'm hearing. I'm like, yeah. this person's gonna love this, and I'll send them it, and they're like, uh, yeah, not sure. Like keep sending me, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. But then sometimes, like, we'll be, I was in, um, I played in Manchester, and I think the last couple of tunes, I played, like, Cement by Clacy Jones and uh, uh, Sorcery, um, I can't remember what one it was, either Dying or Children of Gaia, and Getz was at the side of the stage, and he came up to me as I came off, and he went, what were those last two tunes? Like, that is, like, I need that, I need that music. Like, yeah. So I got back, sent them to him, and, yeah, he just kind of, like, but it's different, I suppose, when you're in a club and you hear it, and you're like, whoa, yeah. this is mad. You need that atmosphere. Yeah, I need that now. And like seeing the energy in the room, like yeah, especially the vibe. The, 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 these producers slow. are so layered as well. Yeah. So it's like if when you're in the club, there's so much to appreciate and you're almost overwhelmed with the sound. And that's interesting as well, because I remember when you played, uh, yeah, so the tunes were, it was Spirals featuring Careful. Yes. And yeah. it was Yoko and Anno. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. By Clacy. And I remember P-Money both times, he was like, all right, Flash Dish, like, what, what are you saying with these tunes? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, this is mad. <laughs> and it happens every time that you've had, like, yeah. like, you've spun those tunes and rappers are spitting on them. Yeah, totally. Or MCs or whatever. But it's, uh, and it's, it's strange to hear that, like, they don't get It's the mad, vision, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm like, I know, this is the thing I keep saying to Clay's, I was like, 
let's just get some more music to like DJs who spin with MCs because if they do it on a set, they're like, whoa, what the, what is this? Yeah. Like, re pull it up. Who That's made really this? Like, so yeah, as like you're more likely to get heard that way than just sending them bits on SoundCloud or like a zip file or something. Yeah. Like, it's very hard to get people when they're like on it, you know. I think that's half the, the trick in this game is like catching people when they're like ready to work straight away you know like whenever someone emails me now for beats i'm like right here's my beats but here's some crazy stuff like have a listen of that too because i know they're sat down looking for beats they're looking to like write yeah and it's the same when someone comes to the studio and does like a radio show like if they're gonna spit on a like freestyle set and the dj just drops in a mad tune they're like whoa what is this because they're literally ready to spit so if they're ready to spit and some fire drops in, then it's totally different to hearing it like just like sitting in their room and like flicking through like stuff they've been sent. You know? Yeah, because I, mean, I imagine they're getting sent stuff all the time. So totally, it's hard yeah. to differentiate when you, it just looks like a folder. Exactly, yeah. And it's just another list of songs. You That's know? it. And it's also the same thing as it's like, some people don't like to be sent too much. Some people like would rather have like a folder of 50 beats like... But yeah, me personally, I've always just like, like said like send like three or four like the things that you really like. Yeah, because then it makes them curate for themselves, and that's yeah. just as, an, as an important. Skill. And they'll get a little, they'll get a little vibe for what like you're you're building. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's only we've we've been hit up by a few people, but they've not been the right people for us. Mm. That's another thing. It's like it needs to work for both sides. So we have been hit up by some like rappers, but they're not quite like some of them have got mad views online and stuff. But yeah. Clacey's very particular about like who he wants to work with and I think he should be as well and he, it's good that he's like that because I believe that he could build his own thing with with or without features anyway like his music's so like original yeah that he'll he'll pick up fans of people who just like instrumentals anyway the more fans he gets the more like appealing he's going to be to these rappers who are like who is this guy and they look and he's got like 50,000 followers or something they'd be like oh I need to work with this guy as opposed to like now where he's still building and he's got like maybe like two, three thousand followers, he's still not quite as appealing to like an MC who's trying to get like that fire for the next album or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll definitely make it there though. He'll definitely get there, yeah. Yeah. It's just um, time. Yeah, it's interesting though, because listening back, like I, I realised that the, a lot of the Far Eastern sounds that he uses kind of remind me of your Japan track. Yeah, so, so many people say that they think he sounds like me. Like, a lot of people think he is me, but it's, I can honestly say to you, yeah. it's not me. It's yeah, not yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could produce that, that kind of music. Like yeah. at that And that like level, he's putting out like 10, 15 tracks a week, you know? like yeah. I haven't been able to do that since I was about 19. I would love to be able to bang tunes out like that. But yeah, he's a... Yeah, he's definitely influenced a lot by um, anime. He loves like anime. Yeah. Loves like old 80s soundtracks yeah. and synth, synth music. So the cover was perfect. For yeah, him, honestly, it was. We we he looked and looked and looked, and I hit up a few um, like Facebook groups. Yeah, and was like, who can like link me up with an artist who like does sort of anime, but like in, I want like an anime movie poster, but it needs to look like an 80s one, not like a one from like today yeah yeah and someone linked her in straight away mizuka and i was like this is it like i don't need any more straight away i saw it i was like this is exactly what we're looking for and i hit her up and uh yeah she sent it over i was like can you do it in layers so we can kind of rearrange the parts of it Sick. so yeah she sent it over and we literally i just resized a few bits moved a bit a few bits around and put the, the terrorism logo in there and left the rest of it, it was like it's really sick yeah she does a, a, such a good job man yeah so is is like Clacey's been quite private with his profile and like his his face and stuff um is he is he quite young is he quite old is he like is there he's a young yeah he's young uh yeah he's just not really a social media guy he yeah. doesn't really want to like 
he doesn't really like uh, to be yeah on social media. Yeah, uh, and like that suits me. I think like his mu- let his music do the talking. Like exactly, I say it's gonna take him a little while, but I, th- I think this next EP is like the first EP was like really well received by the press. The fact that we did that. A lot of the press that were like, oh, we're not sure because he's like a new artist. Like, we're not, mm, yeah, we're gonna maybe pass on it, but like, we like the music, but we're not sure if like it's gonna like bring in the hits that we need to feature it on the site, blah, blah, blah. But off the back of the press that he had on the first EP, I think it's gonna be, there's a lot of people waiting for the next one already. There are what, that some Including people in me. the press are asking, yeah, oh, good. and yourself, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I'm sitting on this music and like, honestly, like, two or three of the tracks are just like mind-blowing like literally insane like there's so much going on in them and like it's cinematic and it's like emotional and it's mad like he's he's definitely got a talent i think that the most important thing for me like to like help guide him is just to like not let him lose what he's doing now because i think that was the problem i had was i used to make music that was so insane but then as I learned more about music, I learned that I needed to dumb it down a little bit. To, so like people wanted to vocal it or whatever. It was like built a certain way. Once you lose that, it's really hard to get it back. Yeah. Just to build like crazy music that doesn't have proper structure or doesn't. And like he's building like I used to. And I used to, I found myself starting to tell him, oh, don't put that like eight bar breakdown there. And, or you need some beats there or this needs that. And then I was like, actually don't. Like, just do what you're doing. Like, yeah. There doesn't need to be rules. If I start giving him rules and like guidance for on his music it's gonna change the way it sounds and yeah he'll feel right, constrained maybe yeah right now the way he builds is like i've always said like just build it like you do if we need to dumb shit down we can like we can mute channels or you know cut yeah. bits out for people but yeah. don't lose it for yourself because as an instrumental the more interesting it sounds the better yeah and then the more of himself that he puts in it less likely is to fall out of love with it because exactly, as with yeah. anything when you're doing it for someone else apart from yourself it's really easy to fall out of love with it isn't it you can definitely hear the difference between something that he's really into and something that he just needed to get finished yeah that's for sure yeah cool so um speaking of wave um as a genre uh, i don't even remember but they're like we, we you and i had this like back and forth for a while um, talking about whether wave was really a genre. Yeah, this was like months ago, like on Twitter. Sometimes I've definitely like, had back and forth. I'm with sure a lot there of people, are many yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's because I mean that that tag, that name. Um, who 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 started it again? So the wave was, was it careful. It was climax. Oh, crack, I think climax, like, that's it. Yeah. So yeah. I say that I was playing stuff that sounded like that for a couple of years, and I was trying to get an EP off climax myself for the yeah. label for a couple of years, but he was quite hard to get hold of online um but yeah i was playing like a lot of music by like young good who's like yeah. producers for young lean and i really like the beats so when he started putting like instrumentals online i was like oh my god this is the music that i needed like i want more of it where and i was trying to find it everywhere i was going through his who does he follow who does he follow on soundcloud i was like going through all the people they follow and trying to find more music that sounded a bit like that yeah and i was finding more and more and it was it was it was appearing more and more on my radio show and then like Climax was one of the artists who was like um, quite consistently good. So he was playing, I was playing a lot of his stuff. And I noticed he was tagging his music, like his main tag on SoundCloud was Wave. And I was like, okay, like, so I used to stop, I started calling it Wavy Beats on the radio. I was like, we're into some wavy stuff now, wavy beats, blah, blah, blah. I knew that like Wave on its own just is a little bit vague. I didn't, I don't rate the word Wave as a like genre name. Right. But it's, 
like I did the same with like grime back in the day. Yeah, yeah. No one wanted to call their music grime and then eventually it just stuck. And that's kind of where we're at now with Wave. It's like, it's stuck now because the press are using it. Mm. People are, more and more people are uploading Wave tracks. They're calling it Wave. There's Wave radio shows. There's Wave record labels. There's Wave, like, t beat teams. Yeah. So it's stuck now. We, it's going to be called, become, it's Wave. Yeah, yeah. It's what it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, I think it just kind of started out of that and a lot of, a lot of uh, people who listen, were listening to my show that were making like grime or like dubstep kind of started moving into doing that because they were hearing it on my show and that meant I was getting more and more stuff sent. Like now, like if you go through my SoundCloud inbox, it's like 90% of it is wave. Yeah. And I'll get like the old grime thing and some odd bit of footwork maybe. But um, yeah, it's, it's insane to see how much it's kind of come on in the last year or so. And I think like now, that we was talking about when I put that mix out in 2015 and I kind of put that statement and was like, is this a genre? Like, this has been happening for a couple of years now. Yeah. There's a lot of artists. Here's a mix I've put together of like lots of different artists and lots of different styles within this kind of wave community. And that mix went out and a lot of people picked it up and were like, a lot of people were telling me like it was rub. Oh, it's just trap. It's just this. And I was yeah. like, yeah, but you could have said that about like, dubstep was like and grime was it's just garage like, yeah it, it's not garage now you know like everything yeah. has to start at some point so um yeah and then like people would say like things like oh it's just like it's it's like purple wave and i'm like what that's that's not even a genre like you know <laughs> and like, then like you can't say that you're doing that with wave <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it was, it was a bit like that and uh yeah for a little while it was just like i didn't know like that i was genuinely asking the question when i put that mix out. i was like is this a genre like, yeah, i wasn't yeah. saying like here's a genre everyone i made a new genre okay. like, but i think a lot of people took it like i was trying to say i made a genre yeah i wasn't trying to say that i was trying to say let's have some discussion like what do you think have we are, we are we on the verge of a new genre here yeah yeah and i think since that mix came out i think now like a year and a half on i i can stand in now and say like that's a genre mm. like there's there's nights popping up there's labels there and, and the nights are frequented by the same people you know like you go to a wave night a uh, on wednesday night whatever, yeah you soul and then yeah. there's go to like liquid ritual and you'll yeah. go to like a wave mob night or the, it, the same heads turn up to them like they'll be at the door everyone knows each other it's exactly like forward was like yeah. 15 years ago That's you get there the there'd be like 30 40 people there might not be the most packed at the beginning yeah but each night gets busier and busier and busier to the point that like the more more recent nights at like cameo have been turning people away like they're really busy now yeah the heads have to get there early to make sure they get in because like still these events are kind of free or like really cheap to get into but it's getting to that point now where like I know like pr outside promoters are starting to like look at what's happening, mm. notice that something cool is a bubbling and yeah, that's why I think like now I can say that I honestly do think it's a genre now because yeah. you can go to events just playing that music and the DJs are, are known, you know what kind of style they're going to bring to the wave party and yeah. there's almost like, there's almost, with dubstep, I remember when dubstep was building, the there was a certain look of per a person going to a dubstep party. Like my friends used to always joke with me that the clubs were full of people with backpacks. <laughs> and it was kind of like funny because it was kind of true. There yeah. was like a dance floor full of like men with like zip hoodies on, uh, like skateboard trainers, baggy jeans and like academics t-shirts and, and backpacks yeah. and five panel hats and, and a spliff. And like that was the whole club. These wave parties now have got like 
this internet generation of kids, like, you know, like the Xanax generation, like guys with face tats, like people covered in tattoos, people with like m this kind of like metal look almost. Yeah. There's definitely looks. If you look in at the crowd, there's people in those wave parties that you wouldn't see in like the grime party or you wouldn't see in like, um, like a, like a, you won't definitely wouldn't see in like a tech house party or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So there's almost like a look. And that is another thing that was really interesting to set, to have seen happen in the last maybe six months. That's something that I've noticed more recently. It's like, there's these, there's almost a start. People are starting to like, look like each other in the raves. Yeah. Like if they've got tattoos, they're kind of on show and yes, yeah, mad. It's kind of interesting to see. So do you worry about wave? Cause I mean, you, you've taken such an interesting journey. Uh, when it comes to the genres that you follow and what you kind of promote. So you went from, well, not from, because you're more expanded, but yeah, you've gone from like dubstep to, well, garage to dubstep to grime, LA beat scene and beyond. And you've witnessed what happened when America started to get hold of uh, dubstep and then change it. You've witnessed the resurgence of grime and all the popularity it has now. Do, does that make you worried or are you excited for Wave? Or um, I'm excited. I think like you have to accept that like every musical genre is going to go through some kind of journey. Um, and... I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I saw what happened with dubstep, but I don't feel bitter about it, you know? Mm. And um, I saw what happened with grime when it went to like the pop charts and then kind of flopped and then it came back and like, but I'd, it, it didn't bother me too much. The only thing that I got bothered about in that time was that I couldn't get beats off, I couldn't get any tunes off of anyone because all these MCs were holding stuff down for albums and mixtapes. Yeah. And I used to be able to get tunes off everyone. So when I couldn't get no tunes off them for the radio, I had to go elsewhere and luckily enough I was being well serviced by the dubstep boys. I had plenty of new dubs to play so that meant I was playing more and more of that and uh, yeah I think like this is the thing that it can happen you know like mm. if the thing with Wave is it's not like your average dance music it's very slow it's very um, vi almost visual you know like it's kind of like there's a lot happening, but it's very chill. Yeah. So to like the average promoter, like the thought of an EDM promoter booking <coughs> like a wave stage at like Ultra Music Festival, like I cannot see yeah. that happening. It may happen though, because I used to think that with dubstep, I never would have imagined that we'd be playing festivals. We were there in that little club for years, playing to the same 30, 40 people every couple of weeks, you know, yeah. for years. And then eventually it just pop popped off and... um even like wave, like I don't think people realize how long I've been bringing that through, like the events and that. But we're we're going back like three or four years now, and mm. uh, it's only now that anyone outside of what the club that we are running or the the few labels that have been pushing it that have, anyone has taken any interest. So the next year or so is going to be really interesting to see. And yeah, I'm just excited for everyone involved in it because I've been through and experienced it, and like I've had like a whale of a time. My like. The last 15 years of my life have been incredible. So for all the young kids that are doing this now, I'm just excited for them, like just talking to them like on a weekly basis about their gigs and how excited they are. Like a few of them are going out to Poland this weekend. There's this like festival out oh, there. Man. There's a festival out there that literally has about 10 like wave artists on it. It's 5,000 people. Yeah. It's all kind of like wavy, uh, like kind of like sad boys style, like rap and like kind of like weird electronica yeah it's strange how those kind of genres like uh night lavelle yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah one of his biggest <laughs> fan bases is in russia 
Oh yeah, it's um, so mad. All those places seem to be very like interested in that kind of like team sesh or wave, whatever sound. It's mad, yeah. I, I, I've um, well, putting this wave pool um, album together, and we've got a Russian producer on that. Um, What's their name? Uh, Collar and Spa. Okay. I don't. It's one person though. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was two people, but yeah. Uh, yeah, like his music's dope. Like it's really good, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, like Mysterial is Polish. Sokos is Polish. There's like strangely a lot of people in Poland that are like pretty pretty good like that are doing like that are like some of the better producers as well you know even in like Spain they've got um what's their crew called they've got a crew um, Withered it's called okay. and there's about five or six producers in that and one of them just had a release on Om Unit's label um but yeah there's like Kiddy Kafka it's really cool. There's there's like little pockets of producers in different cities. Yeah. When I go to the States, like you go to Denver, there's about like six or seven of them that will come and hang at the show. And yeah. New York, there's like another like five or six there. There's there's people, little sort of teams dotted around all over the place. And uh, they're all starting to muck in and put shows on and like help bring each other to different shows. So yeah, it's it's an exciting time. I can definitely see... It's very DIY. That's something I love about it because... I don't know, man. I feel I feel like partly responsible without like, telling them, like, because I was just had to put the shows on myself if I wanted to play alongside people who are also playing that sort of music. Mm. There's no way I could sit and wait for a promoter to do it. You know, like even trying to explain to my own agent, who's been my agent for years, that like this is cool. She's kind of like, you know, like it's hard to like sell it to a promoter because it's so chilled out. It's not really club music. And yeah, it's I, more ex experiential, isn't it? Than, yeah, than dancey, I would say. Definitely, it's more about like the vibe. But it's it brings in such a nice crowd. It's like the clubs that we do our nights in, like Phonox, and that they're super happy with the people we bring in. Um, it's just like, obviously, the numbers we were bringing in on a Wednesday were not quite as big, as, but it was still a lot better than even what I was doing on the weekend in Plan B in the end. Really? Like, we like, I think like we was hitting like 350, between 350 and 400 at the peak, um, and the club capacity is like 550. But like on a Wednesday night, I was like, amazed that we were bringing that many people through and yeah and they'll all be at the front so it's like packed yeah. up to us everyone was having right? a good time and we had like heads like other musicians have passed through to check it out and have all come back again and said like you're definitely doing something a bit different there something's happening and yeah it's really um encouraging and mm. yeah i'm excited definitely awesome so there was that article was it was it vice or whoever oh thump the uh, one, the marketing one genre. The yeah, market. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so that when that came out, there was a lot of um, I don't know it was a controversial article. Uh, what do you feel that it is that people have misunderstood about wave, or what do you feel like th they're missing? I mean, I, you've mentioned it before, like already, kind of. But yeah, I think that that article was a little bit like um, it felt it felt a bit petty when I read it. It was yeah. a bit like, and I felt that the examples of wave they gave were not something that I would have considered to be wave, which is mm. why maybe they were getting mixed up because the whole article was kind of like you know it's not wave it's just trap music and it's just built so that they they were basically saying that people are building it so that youtube's um algorithms, algorithms yeah. make it pop up next to like a really popular track by like chance the rapper or something that was like, really weird to me. who knows how to make a beat that algorithms spot like that's just that's just ridiculous to yeah. me if if people are out there doing that then fair play because i would love to know how yeah to write a beat that puts me right next to the latest Kanye record on YouTube. Yeah, like that guy, uh, when um, Kanye put up one of the tracks of Pablo, the related artist, like the, yeah, the next he dude got signed, on SoundCloud. Right? He, yeah, he got signed and he got like 100,000 plays off that. Yeah. But there's no way 
no way no one knows that. how that works absolutely you know I mean? ridiculous when i read that i was like are you kidding me like yeah. are there people really doing that and and do you really think people can do that because i didn't i've never heard anything like it yeah so that was the first thing i was like right the other thing that struck me a little bit reading that was it felt a little bit like whoever had written it just was a little bit late to the party mm. they probably felt that like they should be on top of any musical genre that's coming out this way thing's been popping they noticed a mixmag article pop up that same week Mi mixmag was like kind of late to it as well but mm. the fact that mixmag it was like very kind of like commercially like recognized music um publication publication yeah so thump weighed in it's like oh this ain't a genre it's just a marketing tactic it's yeah. like are you kidding me like but they genuinely did that and they were backing it up with like mixes like from youtube saying here's an example you know like this is this and here's this wave mix and it's like as soon as you click the link it goes onto a, a one of those kind of like edme trap um channels and it's like chill trap mix and it's like this isn't even being called wave by the people who've uploaded it yeah like there wasn't any tracks in there by any of the artists that i would consider to be wave it yeah. was just like a really bad example by and what looked to me like just like a bit of a bitter um uh journalist who maybe yeah. just felt like they had to pass some kind of judgment on it before they looked like they were too late <laughs> because they went ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah they just maybe missed the boat a little bit on it and were just annoyed that they had done yeah and i remember around that there was not only that there was also like in my own like private um facebook feed like people i know who are in like journalism were like passing comment on it and there was literally like threads of people like all chipping in like oh yeah it's rubbish and like poking fun at that Mixmag article and it just felt a little bit like I looked at it I was like you lot are kind of like ripping it out of these kids who are just trying to like do something they feel yeah. like they're a part of something and like, proud that like what's coming from their own hearts yeah they're putting some music yeah. out you know they're getting on with the fact that they're like they feel like they're part of a movement they feel like they're part of something like they have some kind of like purpose yeah what they're doing and you lot are sitting here poking fun at them and saying oh like oh I bet there's no girls at the raves and it's like oh like you like if only grown you... men like yeah. allow it yeah <laughs> so yeah that was like that was happening around that time and um i was on holiday and i read it and i i think it annoyed me for about five minutes and then uh, the more i read it i was like actually this guy just seems a bit, bit bitter yeah like and we'll let the music do the talking I, I had so many people hit me up going what do you think we should do and i'm like don't even like don't mention the article. Yeah. It doesn't need any more hits. Yeah. And yeah, they, they messaged me. They DM'd me, actually, the uh, guys at Thump who wrote the article. Because I don't think they even knew I had anything to do with it. I think they literally thought it was a complete like joke, this well, whole How thing. do you even write something like yeah. that? Yeah. So when I started chipping in, they were like, oh, um, we, we've been having a little talk at Thump. And maybe we think that well, we should talk to you about like why you think it is a genre. And I was like, well, I'm on holiday right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't really got time to sit and talk. Uh, yeah. over email so may maybe when i get back if i got some time but i never followed it up i yeah. just thought it i don't need to be in there like fighting the corner i genuinely think that the music there's enough good music when yeah. people find it they'll just get with it or they won't and, and it has spoken for itself so. yes it's got where it, it has now mm. um and it, i'm sure it will get further yeah interesting um 
Yeah, it's funny because like it seems like a lot of these major channels are paying attention to these uh, emerging genres, like especially on YouTube, lo-fi hip hop. Yeah, has yeah. taken a mind of its own. It used to be something that was quite specific to like one group, but now you have Majestic Casual. Oh yeah, and they've got a live stream because that's another big thing now. Live streaming mm, twenty four mm. hours yep, a day, yep. lo-fi hip hop, and half the tunes in there aren't lo-fi hip hop. That's the thing; they just want views. Yeah, like, a lot. There's so much of this on YouTube as well, and um, been talking about like building my own kind of thing and speaking to the guys who like run. Um, exactly that kind of thing through their own their own uh, networks and they've all been talking about broadcasting 24 hours but just kind of like playlist and i just think that that's muddy territory i wouldn't like i wouldn't i wouldn't want to like get involved in that in this you know like you can curate 24 hours of absolutely amazing music that yeah, is it has like to be on across point. the board yeah it's, yeah it's it's i i just yeah i just think it's it it's a bit too vague you know mm. i feel like you need to um I don't know, man. Good programming. I don't think it's just everything in this life is about getting hits or. Yeah. And I know the problem with these channels is they get so many followers that their followers begin to expect things like that. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. But mm. for me personally, I'm I'm not sure about the twenty four seven broadcast thing until you know you've got like twenty four hours of decent programming. And that's a lot of tracks. That's a lot of Because, I mean, yeah. I mean, even though Wave songs often last quite a few oh, minutes, yeah. it's still a lot. Uh, That's the thing, yeah. It, yeah. And even just doing it with a single genre, I think you're just like, you're opening yourself for, like, a lot of screw un to take a lot, be under a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. For that. Like like you're saying, like, Majestic Casual saying, here's this lo-fi hip-hop uh, stream, and you listen to it, and it's not lo-fi hip-hop. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I think, like, all the micro-genres and all this kind of, it's, it's, it's such, like dangerous territory to step foot into mm. if you're trying to like yeah like maybe you could like do like a curated playlist of 30 tracks that, yeah that's cool yeah maybe do that i but don't know a whole mix when you don't know the genre and you're just stepping in to that's try and problem, maximize yeah. views and followers like it's just it's a bit whack that's the thing man. yeah so when when's the wave pool album coming out because your track is out already i saw it on spotify didn't i uh no it's that's got the glitchy what, that's uh so the, the wave pool so that's the wave pool channel there's a channel that we set up is it like a label as well okay on so spotify or is that it's on spotify and or? youtube the main part of it is uh youtube it's actually a free music platform that are built for uh, content creators. So mm. every track on that Wavepool uh, channel on YouTube is completely free for people to use in their own uploads and they can still monetize the content. Yeah. We won't take any money from that. We will only earn money from our original upload on YouTube and any of the plays on Spotify, you know, like the little bits that trickle in. Yeah. It's not a lot of money, but it's money. Something. It's yeah. something. And you know, a lot of these kids are putting their music up for free anyway. Mm. So why not like offer it to people to put in their videos so long as you get like some credit back in yeah. return. And I think it's a good business model. It's been working nicely so far. We haven't like, we haven't made like millions of pounds or anything. Yeah. Or even thousands, but it's it, it's working, you know, it's bringing in um, views. Um, I, I work on the visual side of that myself. I build like, you know, like you go on a lot of these YouTube uh, music channels and it will just be an, uh, sta a sh static image. And I wanted to like create something that was a cross between a static image and like something that was a little bit entertaining so that you might actually watch the video. Yeah. So the videos are kind of like scenic uh, landscapes, uh, but reimagined like as if they've been like filmed on an awful like VHS cassette. Yeah. And then I'll throw like 
stuff from like meme culture on top of it and okay. it's like quite humorous so you're because you're track uh, luxurious has yes that kind that's of art, right doesn't it yeah so all the art is kind of a bit like that it looks like a dodgy cassette tape or yeah something. and uh yeah like people have the feedback's been great and it is quite fun like i i just like trawl the internet for like weird gifs or like green screen footage and see what i can do with it and and just find like crazy like uh scenery and I've started to try and film it when I'm like touring. Like if I'll take a GoPro and I'll just like leave it for five minutes somewhere and like in a nice setting and just yeah. like get like five minutes of footage of like some nature and use that. Like a little on, time lapse. Or yeah, something like that. And uh, yeah, the feedback's been really good. Um, it's been fun doing the videos as well. Like I, I haven't really messed around with like video ed editing much myself until recently. Mm. And um, yeah, this was just a bit of fun. And um People have been interested and we've had a few offers on the channel and stuff, considering we haven't even got any followers. Like a couple of very respectable um, media outlets have showed interest in like taking it on board. So we've only put three tr tracks out as well. But I think there's in the potential um, in the business model and the stuff we've uploaded thus far. Yeah. And probably, I don't know, like, and, and I suppose they trust that I'm going to be able to get decent enough music like kind of like an A and R, yeah, which is like, kind of what you're doing, I suppose, yeah. in, uh, unintentionally, but naturally yeah. at the same time, yeah, totally. So yeah, going back to the Wavepool album, so the Wavepool album will be released on Terror Rhythm um, on the 22nd of August. Okay, so it's, it's a busy month then. It's a very busy month, yeah. So uh, the album is going to be slightly different from the mix that came out a year and a half ago. The Wavepool mix, yeah. That's right, yeah. It, it's kind of like the part two to that. It's a year and a half on. It was supposed to come out about christmas last year yeah i thought so the whole point with the idea of this one was i wanted all brand new music all exclusive nothing that anyone's heard i want to sign every track and i'm going to put out an album that accompanies the mix so um the plan is to put the mix online um, we're not too sure on the date that yet we're just like working out where we want to broadcast that yeah whether we do it ourselves or like through a media partner um, and the mix contains all of the tracks and the idea is you can still listen to the mix for free um, Hopefully download it for free as well. I haven't worked that out just yet I need to speak to all the artists involved to make sure they're okay. How many are we talking? There's 29 tracks. Okay, all from like are there any like dupe like two go like um, there's with two one, tracks or? So there's two tracks from f there's two like fumes has a track on there fumes and mingo and there's a fumes and five sons track Okay, is Clayson there? No. Okay. No, he uh, he <laughs> he wanted he's he's kind of like he wanted to keep his thing, like his thing. I don't know, like he's. I'm, I was on it, and I was like, I think you should do one. I think like your vibe fits, and he's like, yeah. yeah. And then like two weeks later, he'd be like, actually no, I don't don't want to. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I do. And then like, so I was like, I hate him up like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, it's totally up to you. Yeah. Uh, either way, I don't mind, but I think you should. I think it'll be good. I've, and I think maybe this track. And he's like, oh, I don't think that track's strong enough. And I was like, okay, all right. Do you have anything else? And he's like, the way I feel at the moment, I just, I, I don't want to put anything out on like a compilation. And I yeah. was like, I was like, that's cool. That's like, like, we, we're working on your EP. Don't worry about exactly. it. We'll, he's got stuff to put out. Yeah, anyway. his EP will follow that mix yeah. short, shortly after anyway. Yeah. So it's not going to hurt to him to not be on it. Um, so yeah, uh, there's there's so many artists on it. Um, like uh, Careful, Skip. Um, uh, Climax, Anibis, uh, Thirteen, Henrik, uh, Five Sons, Fumes. I could go on. Like, there's 29 tracks. On yeah. It. Um, 
all different kinds of styles within the sound as well. Like mm. talk a lot of it, like that's the problem. That's one thing that I'm kind of envisaging might be a problem when people hear it. They might not be able to grasp that this song and this song are from the same genre. If you yeah, some of it is a bit like that, but. I, that was important for me. I wanted to show people that there is variety within this yeah, genre yeah. for people and within the community as well because not necessarily is it genre still trying to find its feet. It might, you know, it's still trying to get there. Mm. And um, yeah, I think a lot of the artists are still try, are still like finding out what Wave is to them, you know. But they're all posting this music up as Wave and they're part of the community and they're, they're DJing together and they're friends and, you know, that's... That's how genres begin. Yeah. Like community and the actual, like, to strengthen numbers and everyone kind of trying to reach a common goal. And that's definitely already happening. Whether the sound is, like, the sound is still trying to find its feet, maybe. But yeah. the, the community is there. So the, the base is built, really. So that was a good quote. Let's talk, yeah, because Wavepool follows into that because it's coming out on Terrorism. So cool. how did Terrorism come together and what, like, what made you feel like it was the right time? I, I just literally started it um, in 2002 uh, to start releasing my own music uh, first and foremost because I'd worked in distribution. I knew how to press vinyl. I knew how to, like, what it should cost, what you sell it to the shops, how you sell it to shops, where the shops are, who works in the shops. I had all that information at my hands. Yeah. This is before, like, digital downloads, you know, so I was actually physically printing vinyl, putting them in my car and driving to all the shops in London. And uh, then I had, like whatever was left I'd give to a distributor to deal with like the Midlands and the few shops that were dotted around outside London that wanted to stock like grime and uh yeah so that's how that started and then it kind of like grew into me wanting to put music out from people who when I heard like something I really liked I was like oh can I put that out on my label so the early ones were like Maccabi Unit and um, Joker's first release was on Terrorism, Om Unit's first release was on Terrorism um and then obviously like going in further down the line people like or louis futon gans jd reed jd reed lots of people had like either their first release or their very early releases on the label and uh yeah it's it's been continuing that way really um it's, for me the label's always been about me trying to uh mirror like my tastes the stuff that i like to play or stuff that i can play yeah so i'd normally like try and sign stuff that fits in between all of the styles I was playing so for the early part it was somewhere between grime and dubstep and now it's kind of between all the other stuff that I play because I play so much more different kind of music now when I play that I need like stuff to fill the gaps between say like Jersey Club and hip-hop or grime and trap or wave and dubstep you know like I want to find the stuff that sits in between all of those and that's what the label's always really been about and uh, will continue to be about as well. Just yeah. trying to find people who are taking interests in different genres and making something of their own that fits in between with yeah. the vibes they're into. Yeah. Uh, another article that came out, uh, what was it like, a month, two, three months ago? Fact Mag um, did this thing. Where's the question? Hold up. Where's the question? Yeah. So they've had this article about vinylized, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is uh, crowdfunding. Yeah, it's like a vinyl. vinyl releases. Because it's an expensive process, isn't it? And That's people right. don't seem to realize that. Yeah, yeah. So vinylized is basically uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, it's, it's a crowdfunding website that only does vinyl. So what you can do is uh, they approached us and said, uh, we're doing this thing. Like, do you have any releases that never came out on vinyl that maybe 
you want to offer to some of your followers and i was like yeah that sounds cool like there's like there's no like upfront costs you just do it we'll put the page up and when it reaches a certain amount of um people purchasing mm. it goes to print and like they don't get charged until it goes to press so they're just literally saying i would buy one if if it, it was going to print yeah so which is a smart idea really because you want yeah if people want purchases. vinyl yeah like if if there's a certain track that you really want on vinyl and it's on there you just say yeah i'll have one when it's done and then when it, when 100 people when about 100 people they worked out so about 100 people needed to do it when that 100th person buys it everyone gets an email it's like make sure you got the money in your account in like a week it's going to leave your account they go to press and then like about a month down the line it just gets sent it all landing there on their doorstep so I thought it was pretty cool, yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember the fact um, there was a tweet um, that I think said, it, may, it sounded to me that like they were talking of the label as like, oh, it's no, it's just for small labels that are like that. And I thought, wow, like, it's kind of like felt like they were belittling me a little bit. Yeah, in the article, because it, it was a link from the vinyl factory, I think, and that, that, uh, that still has the original article as it was. Um, they were like, so is this like a new option for little labels? Yeah. Plastician of terrorism seems to think so. Yeah, like, that was it. That yeah, sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I read it and I was like, am I supposed to, should I be annoyed about this? I was like, I'm not sure how to take that. I was yeah. like, I'm not sure if they're calling it a little label. And I thought, well, it is, it's still an independent. It's still like a relatively small label, but to call it a little, considering like it's, some of the labels that have been put on pedestals by magazines like Fact, mm. um, I felt a little bit offended by it and I made it publicly clear that I wasn't particularly happy with being labelled as a little label by uh, a magazine publicly. I, yeah. just, I didn't sit particularly well with me. Yeah. Um, we sorted it out. Like, I've spoken to them. And yeah, they, they hit you up, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hit me up. Because they removed that from the article, I remember. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't check it after that, but I got an apology from them and they explained that that wasn't what they meant but it was like some of the people that were like piping in on twitter yeah were more annoying than the actual article you know like people sticking their oars in yeah that was a bit of an annoying afternoon i remember that yeah i remember that now yeah is that something that you've had to deal with over the years especially as like the the selections that terrorism puts out like you're putting out stuff from joker and omunit but then you're shifting to newer names and newer artists that people may not recognize the, well, the clout of you know what i mean pe people didn't recognize joker or omunit when we put of course it out, that's the first release the first yeah. release like this was exactly the same thing you know yeah. like five six years down the line we might be looking back at dead crow or clacy and being like damn that guy's first release was like on this label and yeah yeah you never know you know these people could like grow into megastars and uh yeah i mean i i I don't know. Like, I, I never feel like we've been given. I never feel like we've been a label that's been like absolutely like championed by the press. But I, I never feel like we've really been disrespected. Not really, not really disrespected either. But like, yeah. I mean, I don't sometimes feel like we don't get enough credit um, for some of the things that I have done on the label. But mm. it is what it is. You know, like a lot of things people don't realize is that a lot of the labels that get like that get bigged up by these pub, pub, publications are labels that are owned by journalists who write for said publications. Or so, are putting money in it. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't, you have to take it all with a pinch of salt. Like I'll never pay someone to say something nice about my label. Yeah. And um, I don't have a lot of friends in the journalistic side of music. So I don't expect any favors. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It would be great to be like publicly like 
Lord, uh, absolutely like, you know, have some kind of like cult following in the press. Be yeah. That so that everything you do gets press. That'd be great. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think for me, I've just become comfortable with just putting out what I like and knowing that the people who follow the label are, are, are pretty loyal to it. Like we sell a lot of merchandise. We we have like, like good, football tees. Yeah, we do a lot of the football tees. And the new tees. tie dye edition. Oh, the tie dye ones kept me busy all week. Sold out, right? <laughs> and you had <laughs> guys asking out. for three colors. I saw. Oh Facebook. man, yeah, they, they sold out. I didn't. Exp I literally, honestly, thought we might sell like five or six, and yeah. we sold like twenty-five. The, all all of the white tees that I had left were sold. Actually, more than we had left. Like, How I had to work? reorder. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't have the right stock levels yeah, on yeah. on the website. So yeah, I was getting down to it and realized I was like two larges <laughs> short and a medium short, and yeah. I was like, "Damn, I need to do a reorder." So I reordered a few more that will come uh, probably like Monday to get finished, and I'll probably take like maybe like another five or six, just in case, because I don't want to be I don't want to be doing it all week. Yeah. But honestly, like I've been getting hit up so much that if I put fifty online, we'd probably sell them. But I'd be tie dyeing for the next like two weeks. Because it is all hand done, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. long, man. Like yeah. same thing when we did the vinyl. Um, Plastic Man remixed EP. I did a uh, um, limited 300 press, uh, handwritten white labels. Like I was writing on every single one. It's like, because it was like, it's supposed to be like the old days. Like hey, I used to write on the records. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to hand number, hand write all of them. And I thought they, I thought they might like trickle out over the course of a couple of months. <laughs> they sold out in six hours. I spent a week oh my gosh. non-stop writing. My hand was in pieces. Yeah. You can't like left-hand it as well because then no one's going to recognise that. Yeah, it. and I couldn't give it to someone else and be like, can you write it? Because it's like, it, they all looked like, you, my handwriting yeah, is quite yeah. distinctive. And, and you want it to be authentic anyway. Exactly, You're not yeah. going to do that. And uh, yeah, so it, it hurt so much, man. But <laughs> I, I honestly didn't think that when I wrote a tweet on like Sunday night, really didn't think much about it. I was just like, yo, if anyone buys a white t-shirt this week, I'll like... I'm going to do tie-dye, just write what colour you want. Mm. And yeah, like within an hour of that tweet um, going out, I'd sold 15 and I was like, what? I looked at my email, I was like, whoa, hold on. Like we sold 15 t-shirts in like an hour just from one tweet. Like I didn't like, it wasn't like a sponsored post or... Yeah, no no yeah. paid spend went into that. And then I put like an Instagram post of just of the tweet and we sold the rest of them. And before I knew it, I got an email saying, oh, your item's sold out. And I was like, wow. It's sold out. I was like, how many t-shirts is that? And then I looked, yeah, it was like 25 in the space of a couple of hours. Yeah. And I've been hit up more than 25 times by people going, can I still get one? Blah, blah. And yeah, I can't, I'll probably like, I'd like say we got, um, maybe I've probably got like another five that I need to do. We've ordered a few more. So I'll probably take orders of another like five or six and just leave it there and maybe, maybe do offer to do it again. Some, like to a limited amount yeah like maybe say i'm doing 20 like when your it. hand heals up <laughs> yeah yeah but the tie-dye thing's been mad because it's just been like my washing machine's been doing overtime like yeah didn't realize the process until like i got into it but you live yeah, in your just literally like doing them and they come out and i'm like that looks pink it's supposed to be red like i need to like re-dye it yeah it's been long but i'm sure people will appreciate the time we've put in <laughs> oh yeah i think i think that they will do because you, you you and the brand definitely do have a cult following yeah, um, I feel like we do. And I think that was the thing, like worrying about press and that. Now, these days, I'm just like, if the press want to write about it, then great. And uh, we, we still like send it to them. Yeah. But if they don't, it's still going to do all right. We're going to live. We're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the people who follow the label really ride with it. So. And I good. think uh, you've had to be 
you well, you've always been ahead of the curve in every way. So from the label to what you're DJing to what you're producing, whether it comes to dubstep or grime or wave or the LA beat scene, and so you you're probably used to this thing where people are catching up with you three years later anyway. So you, yeah, you've definitely. had to face like people that don't understand what you're doing. Yeah, even though you have this great community that's open and are willing to listen. So we, even if public like sorry press perception isn't perception isn't the best you know from repeated experience that three years later they're going to be talking about yeah the totally right now I, I totally get it like I, i'm never offended when people like like this whole wave thing like i barely send it to any djs because i'm just like no one's playing gonna play this yeah like but now they're starting to get it i'm like playing sending it to more people it's getting to that point now where i might be able to start sending it to like um more like more like sort of like more commercial radio djs mm. might the odd one here and there might work on their set or something like that but yeah for the mo for the main time now i'm just kind of yeah i don't let it get me beat me down or anything like i just kind of accept that then no not many people are ready for this just yet you know the people that are ready for it are out there buying it already and they're turning up to every gig that i play you go to america and they're all standing there in the t-shirts and that it's like that is that's more important building more people like that yeah. finding more people like that yeah. because those people will keep me busy for the rest of my life you know yeah the press these people the press will move on to the next thing as soon as what you're doing is not the in thing anymore so you don't have to really try and bow down to them or appeal to them anymore yeah so i'm just marking like i'm marking all the good like little good quotes that come out of <laughs> um yeah so after 14 years at rinse you've announced that you're leaving your weekly show it, your, your weekly show wasn't 14 years was it um, yeah, would have been there. Oh, so I've did been you start on, out on, on a weekly. Spot? Yeah, I've always been on on uh, a weekly. Yeah, so okay. my first my first slot would have been like Saturday night, um, eleven till one with Virus Syndicate, and then I had seven till nine on my own. I've been on various slots, different days, nearly every day of the week. Yeah. I've been on rinse. You've covered point. the whole like almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always been on a roughly the same time. Like for the last like maybe ten years, I've always been on sometime between like seven and um, I think eleven, nine to eleven. Or seven till nine has been like my slot for quite a long time. Yeah, I had that the Friday night slot for a bit, and then uh, about the same time they gave me that Friday night seven till nine, like the kind of party slot, my sound had changed a lot, and I didn't feel comfortable in that slot because yeah. I was like, it was supposed to be like, right, who's getting ready to go out, and I'm there like playing like mad moody like beats from LA like yeah. weird like backwards beats. yeah people stuck in their house crying people are just there like oh beef. I was ready to like shock out yeah. I'm like I'm not really doing the shocking out thing at the moment yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh yeah so yeah I've been on there 14 and a half years since uh, probably about April March 2003 was the sort of first sort of times um yeah it's been amazing um just feel like for me it's just it just feels like I just feel ready to kind of do my own thing again. Like talk, going back to like talking about the label and you know, like just being comfortable in my own skin. Like the show's been um, one of the most listened to, if not the most listened to, for the last two or three years now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just feel like I want to um, take a little bit more control of like my listener base, try and sort of like see if I can do something with the hits and the views that the show's getting. Because obviously, I'm I'm not seeing any, any of anything from rinse um in terms of like the views and the hits so it was more for me it was just like oh, i'm take i'm going to take control of my stuff use my platform to promote what i'm doing and hopefully build 
build something myself, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I made the decision quite a while ago, um, but I didn't tell any, I wanted to speak to Rince properly about it before anyone else knew, like out of respect. I, we're still really good friends and we will continue to work on things together, I'm sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just that we were heading in different directions and I wanted to like take control of like, you know, I'm at this stage in my career where I could quite easily just fizzle out into the background if I don't be proactive. Yeah. So I want to be responsible for my own my own future, if yeah. you like. So yeah, this is a risk, but I don't think anyone has any success without risk anymore. So I think it is a risk, but I, I feel confident that like I'm going to come out on the other side and it will be the right thing to do. So the initial idea was I was just going to be broadcasting like live streams on Facebook um, and backing that up with a podcast on SoundCloud, similar to what I do now, but just on my own platform. Yeah. So then I get talking to um, these people who are involved in like creating visual content. Um, they make 360 degree videos um, that they can broadcast live on Facebook. And they also have interactivity on them in such way that if you comment on the Facebook feed, it pops up inside like this animated world. Ah. So people get to see their like shout outs live on your program. Kind of like Super Deluxe, if you've seen what they do. I've not seen that, but okay. um, um, yeah, I mean, it might be. It's, yeah. that, it's That's an adult swim thing that they have? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's definitely got that kind of vibe. Like it, the, there'll be like animated characters in this kind of like created world that they've made. And yeah. so you're going to be actually be able to see me live inside this. Like it'll be like a kind of cinema screen inside this 360 degree environment that mm. we've created. And you'll be able to see comments live. You'll be able to hear me live. I'll be able to interact with the people who are listening as well. And there's other things that we can do, like voting systems based on reactions on Facebook. There's some crazy stuff that these guys are working on and um, just been like building more and more on the platform with them. And we've been working. It's not just going to be about music like my what I do. Obviously, you're going to see we're going to have some visual. There's going to be visuals with it. Yeah. But also um, we, we're working with um, people who do like play like games online and stuff like that as well. Like we have a live gaming show from another guy who's like a comedian from America and he has like this crazy setup that literally like he can perform as a character live okay in it's mad like that sounds very you need to see it yeah check out unreality journeys on Facebook um okay that's 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 where it's unreality unreality journeys yeah okay that's right so it's going to be on that platform this is the platform we've been building together for months now. okay so Um, it's going to be like a channel with different shows and ideas the plan is yeah but not all music it's not all going to be music it's going to be music it's going to be art it's going to be gaming it's literally going to be like a lifestyle channel um but i'm going to be dealing with the music side of it my show is going to be like the first proper music broadcast that we put through it yeah but we're going to be like, as as we like, as I feel more comfortable, like that we can deliver something like really good. Um, we'll start bringing through more artists and guest mixes and maybe like sit down and have like interview sessions with people live and have people fire comments and questions at people, you know, like so real. For me, one thing I always missed about Pirate Radio was like it was there for like that two hours and if you weren't there you missed it yeah. you know now we've got podcasts and soundcloud and this is about trying to bring back that kind of like excitement of listening live and maybe getting that shout out or yeah you know having a reason to show your friends like the recording or 
and I think this is like this is an opportunity for people to feel like they're really actually a part of the show as well mm. like I can carry on just do my thing and like play the music same way I do all the time but people are going to be inside this environment chatting I'm going to be able to see all of their comments they're going to be able to see their comments like in like literally like embedded in my live feed yeah it's going to be there forever you know there's other things we can do like I'm not going to go into too much uh detail it's something you need to see yeah and it's going to change as we grow as well naturally but, but yeah like the technology and the know-how that the boys on the team have is just insane and um we're already getting hit up by like i say we've been doing type of soft launch for yeah. like months now just bringing new broadcasts in and uh some of the broadcasts have been hitting into the hundreds of thousands of views on the live streams it's like gone nuts on facebook yeah okay um and yeah it's uh we've we've been getting a lot of interest from people already before yeah. we've even really like launched the main thing that nice. we're trying to do. And yes, yeah, it's, it's super exciting. I can't like begin to tell you how excited I am. Like I say it's a risk, but I feel just seeing what, what's happened in the few months since like we all kind of came together and decided we were going to like work together on this as a joint project. Mm. And yeah, we're all dotted around the world as well. Oh, I'm here in London one guy in Guatemala, there's a team in LA that have a live venue that we can use as well. Um, and there's like manufacturers in Brazil who can actually manufacture like VR headsets with like logos on and it's nuts. There's like okay. so many like, there's so many little pieces of the puzzle that have all yeah. come together in the last few months and it's starting to run like clockwork now. Now all we need to do is work on um, scheduling and just making sure that we can run it like clockwork. Yeah. And once we're comfortable to that, we can do that. We can start going, right, here's a show that this is going to be on every every two weeks or every week. This one's going to be on every week at this time. And then slowly you start to fill up the schedule with like high quality broadcast. Programming, yeah. Sometimes it's really funny. Sometimes it's really serious. Sometimes it's about art. Sometimes it's a music show. Sometimes it's comedy. Sometimes it's... Okay. There's literally going to be a bit of everything on it. Yeah, like, sounds like it. It's mad. It is mad, but... Uh, I think that's the exciting thing. I genuinely think that, like, if if this goes, like, better than we can have imagined, you know, it literally could be, like, the MTV for the internet generation. It's yeah. like, yeah, that, the way it looks as well is kind of, like, it incorporating this whole, like, internet kind of memes and vaporwave, and it looks amusing at times. Yeah. Some of the ones that have gone the best, like, an example, the one I mentioned the other day, like, just now, like, 300,000... Uh, views on the live stream the other day it was just a four hour um stream they just left it running and started sort of like adding bits as it goes it's like a live vj almost they can add and remove things in the environment while it's going on but they'll just it play music mad. in the background <laughs> yeah so the music's just like a playlist from youtube that the boys have built adding like things they like and we've been helping i've been helping putting things into the playlists as well mm. and um just to test the audience just to see what if anything, are we losing people when this plays? Yeah, taste making. Just to see if like they like different kinds of music. Mm. And um, it literally was a video of Shrek doing like a twerk inside this like futuristic like beach environment. Yeah. And then like more Shreks would appear and then there would be like a donkey dancing and then like people's faces were like appearing on the live stream for like liking things. and Yeah. Yeah, like, like I say, it got shared so many times that 300,000 people watched it in four hours which is insane that's, that's pretty big yeah, yeah like that's yeah. like ridiculous 
so to me that that all sounds really exciting but i think if some of your listeners or long-time listeners are listening in, especially from the old days the dubstepforum.com days oh yeah if they're hearing about this kind of stuff they're going to be a little bit nervous. What is going to change about your show orally? So like musically, is it going to be exactly the same? It's going to be exactly. going to have like sets yeah. from different people? Like Oh yeah, or, it'll be exactly the same. Okay. I have free reign to do exactly what I want the so same way. So you're still going to have guests? And... Yeah, I have guests. I have guest mixes. I'll, yeah. I'll be playing brand new music. Okay. And if you're not interested in seeing that and seeing what it is, the podcast is going to be on SoundCloud the same okay, way cool. it always is. That's, so that's important. For people who just want to listen, <laughs> yeah. not interested in like locking in live and seeing what this mad craziness yeah. is it's going to sound exactly the same. Apart from you might hear me going, oh, shout out so-and-so in the yeah, chat room. Yeah, and talking about like the likes and reactions. Yeah, like, and that, saying, that'll like, be interesting. Yeah, that, like, but that might, you know, it might prompt people to check it out. And then if they like it, then they might check log in live next week. And that's going to be interesting to see if like our live viewers start like week by week gaining more people like making sure that they set the alarm to like be at their computer at a certain time. And that's how... The only reason we haven't announced the official launch date yet is because we're still trying to work out what is the best time of the week for me to do that to reach like as many of my fans. Yeah. So I'm thinking at the moment it's likely that it will be a Sunday evening, but okay. we haven't set that in stone just yet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Are you worried about the visual side or like, because that, that's um, something that's new to your experience. And I mean, you've been doing radio yeah. for all this time. I think but uh, people listen. It's very much a like audio experience. But yeah. Now it's going to be... I've done a f uh, I've done a few Facebook live streams from my house and um yeah I'm I'm quite comfortable just having a like fixed camera on me. Yeah. We've got plans to like up the levels from that even further, but that is gonna involve a build at my house. Um but we've we're making plans for it. Like it, I'm hoping within the first few months of doing this that that it will be ready and once once that second phase is done, yeah, the potential for the visuals is like out of this world okay um, it just i need some equipment in my house to make that happen um and some space but uh <laughs> yeah i can't that'd be long to go into that it's very yeah. technical but uh yeah i mean for the mean part it's just going to be me uh you'll see be able to see me in my studio um with the same setup the decks and that you know like i do on a facebook feed yeah, it's just yeah. going to be like embedded into this crazy environment that you can watch and look around and yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's going to be fun, you know. It's kind of like interesting, and for me, it's an experiment to see if people like kind of like you know like I wonder if this if the comment section is going to like almost serve as like a chat room. Yeah, are these people going to like build like? Is there going to be sort of like regulars that are in there every week that are like, hey, what's up? Like, are you in? Are you in the room yet? Are you here? Like, yeah. that's going to be interesting to see if people listening like kind of get to know each other on it it's yeah it's almost it's almost an experiment i in my head it's like we're not just building a show there's a potential to build a community as well yeah and an actual world yeah and but like that is on the internet like yeah. these people may never meet in real life but yeah. they might talk to each other every, once a week every week like yeah it's 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 to me it's just intriguing i'm really like excited to see how it goes and um Yes, yeah, and it's an experiment. And if it goes well, I mean, the sky's the limit. You never know with these things. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if there are people that come for the visuals and then hear your music and they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is kind of cool as well. Like, this is who's this guy? That's definitely why I reached out to them. When I saw, because um, I follow a lot of like art platforms on, on Facebook and uh, one of their live feeds came up and they just kind of had, it was quite basic, but they had like just a playlist music playing in the background. And I just hit him up and I was like, 
is there any way that I could sort of live stream into this, like mm. my music and you and have you kind of broadcast that? And he was like, yeah, possibly like blah, blah, blah. Got chatting, worked out. It's actually really easy to do. And since then, yeah, we've just been like brainstorming, like what else could we do? What more can we do? And then we got better at it. It got easier. And then he was reaching out to people that he found. And I was putting people his way and saying, this guy, that guy, why, why don't we do comedy? Why don't we do art? Why don't we do this? Like, yeah. And then we were getting more and more equipment like that gave us the capabilities to do really interesting stuff like this thing called the tilt brush. Oh, that's incredible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So we've had live tilt brush on Facebook. Like paintings, yeah. So literally like, hey, who wants us, to, what do you want us to write? And people in the comments are like this. And yeah. There's like the tilt brushes going through this like kind of, it's literally like painting in 360 degrees yeah. in air and you can kind of walk around your painting and spin it round and it's, add bits to it. It's crazy. It's wild. I saw this amazing like Wonder Woman painting that someone did yeah. and you could walk through it and it was like fully her and like some soldiers in the background. Madness. Yeah, it's incredible, man. Like, and these boys have, have this at their disposal Yeah. and more and more companies are contacting us already with new tech. Like some of it's insane. And yeah. We got hit up by a company just the other week who've created a 360 degree um, projector. So you can put it in a room and it literally projects onto the entire room like in 360. So yeah. you can have like a snake travel like all around the room and on the ceiling and stuff just from one little one fixed camp like point, projector. Yeah. yeah, That's incredible. It's mad. Yeah, and it's funny, it's crazy how like quickly the, this technology develops because yeah. I remember seeing Google Tilt Brushes and I there two years ago. And it was like, oh, like Disney guys are painting Ariel and stuff. Oh, it's nice, it's cool. It's like very primitive, like sketches and stuff. And now you've got fully detailed, fully colored, yeah. all kind of things. So that technology is only going to grow and your platform obviously will with yeah, it. Yeah, that's so. the plan. I just, I think that with the technology that these boys have at their disposal and the know-how they do, it would be silly for us to just like restrict it to music DJ broadcasts like let's push it to the limit yeah like we'll we'll build it up bolster it up with like good like i'll use my contacts to like get some great like radio in and some great dj mixes and they can like add some insane visuals you know they offer like they have their services as well it's more about like me offering the services to people i know you know like do you need like a 360 degree VR music video because these guys can do that for you? Yeah, I didn't, yeah. but I think I did. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's a few people that have done it already through them and they've come out great. Um, Warner Warner Music in Sweden have been in touch with us about a couple of artists that they've been doing. They they actually showed a little bit more interest than, than that. Um, they seemed keen to be a bit more on board with the whole thing. Oh, really? I think like we're all kind of aware of the potential. Mm. We're quite now a bit careful about like letting anyone have too much. Cause we, the ideas we've got, like we're all really happy with and yeah. we want to see that before anyone else gets involved and start telling us what you should and shouldn't do. We're quite happy like with some of the ideas we've got and some of the people we've got on board already. So we're going to wait and see. But okay. yeah, I feel like the potential is there. So, Definitely excited. Yeah. So when's the, the the when's the announcement? I guess. But is there going to be an announcement before you announce the release date? Just saying this is what this is, and or is this the announcement? I guess. I'm... I'd imagine the announcement will be uh, this week. Okay. Uh, cool. I want to get it done before rinse um, last show, just so that I can like throw forward and tell people like go and check out what's there now. Like that's it will give you a rough idea of what it's going to look like. Um, not necessarily like artistically. But like the capa they'll be able to see the capability of what what we're doing. Yeah. But yeah, like visually, 
you're probably not going to see Shrek twerking in front of me. Like, <laughs> that's probably not going to be like my visual direction. Okay, for the show. I think but, you've calmed some of your, <laughs> your listeners. I wouldn't rule it out. It okay. might happen, but okay. like, yeah, okay. I, I mean, as 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 late night PlayStation. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out. You never know. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, the visuals are just going to be an enhancement. Um, it was not going to change the way that uh, the show sounds. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah. So speaking of your your final shows, so you announced that you were leaving, then you did one show, and then the two after that. So the last show and the one before, mm -hmm. uh, you had your dub. You know, first it was the yeah, first it was the Grime special. That's right. Yeah. Then it was the dubstep special. And you had yeah. guys like DWE, Footsie, Jams, Koki, Joker, Chrome Star. Yeah. What's the plan for the last show? Um, I don't know if I want to go into too much detail, okay. but it's going to be um. It's it's gonna be. This is coming out afterwards, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so okay, yeah. So the last show. If, um, if you want, you know. Yeah, it's it's gonna be more like f uh, future music uh, focused, like about like what I believe is like the next. I want to use the platform, my last show. A lot of people, I hope, will be listening because it's the last one. Mm. So I want to use that to like promote some new music, like some kids that I think are like sick or like are yeah. coming. So hopefully it kind of gives them a little springboard. And also just as like a statement that like, that's why I'm on Rinse. That is what I went there for. And that's what I believe radio should be about is promoting new music, promoting new artists and using the platform that you have to like celebrate the fact that new music is there and you're able to present it to people. So yeah, this show for me is like, I know like some of the people at Rinse were like, oh, can't you like hit Skepta up and see if he'll come through? I'm like, that's not really like, I don't, I've, we've done that. Like, you can listen to me and Skepta on Rinse from years ago. It's yeah. there, it's been done. This for me is like the main reason I wanted to be on Rinse in 2003 was that they were the only station where I could listen to a DJ play music that I'd never heard before. That was within the genre of music that I was of a keen interest in. And yeah, I just, I want to, continue to kind of i don't know man i just kind of hope that uh it sets a bit more of an example like we've talked about the importance of new music in clubs and i think i'd be silly to use my last show to just like celebrate um, some old music again or, yeah yeah you know like i think that would be a bit of a like i don't need to give myself a pat on the back you know i just want to make sure that the people realize the importance of spreading new music on the radio you know yeah just giving people that experience and also the exposure for the artist too cool man that's really cool um so sound wise the the show is going to be the same just to confirm the, the show is going to be the same yep. on the new platform yeah yeah show's going to sound i i it will still be new music you know oh, yeah, still, of course. but yeah uh, the same by being it's going to be the same like yeah i'm going to be mixing i'm going to be talking about what i'm playing yeah um, i'm going to be shouting people out who are commenting okay um yeah, and we'll have we'll have guests through some weeks. Um, some we might do interviews. You know, there's scope to do whatever I want to do. Same way I was with Rinse, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think for people like out there who listen to the show, fans of the show, haven't got anything to worry about. I'm awesome. gonna still be continuing. It won't even be like I've gone anywhere. If you follow me on SoundCloud and listen to the Rinse show through that, it's really not gonna be any yeah. different. It's just gonna. There's look, no transition. Yeah, the artwork might look a bit different on on the upload that'll yeah. be the only and it won't be on <laughs> the rinse, on it yeah it won't yeah, <laughs> it won't be on the rinse uh soundcloud page it'll be on mine yeah. so that's gonna be the only difference so i the only it, yeah i'd say like if you're not following me on soundcloud or facebook already 
then do that because you won't miss like any broadcasts or podcasts that way. Um, if yeah, if you just follow Rinse to sort of hear what I've been doing, then you won't be seeing me on on there, but you'll be hearing me on mine. So yeah. follow me on those and social media, obviously. Cool. So as someone that's been involved in music in almost every side, uh, as an artist, radio host and label owner, what would you say is the most important thing that you've learned in the game? I mean, you said like new music on radio is important to you, mm. but if you're talking to the new generation, what, what's, what, what, it must be really hard after such a long career. But Yeah, I don't know. I think I've always said to people that like just a lot of people kind of chase fame. I always find out a lot, not not necessarily fame, but, you know, just like, um, I think some people measure success by like the amount of sales they can get real quick. And there's a lot of talented producers that could bang out uh, a top 10 chart hit at the drop of a hat. Yeah. But for me, like the thing that I think is, is the most interesting for me personally is when people create something like something new, like take all of the little bits of music that you really like and try and make something that works between all of them like find those gaps you know yeah so yeah i think it's just about being original like take influence from people by all means but just ripping them off or like trying to make a quick buck off of like a scene that's popping at the time or you know i've, I've never really i've never really done that myself i've always sort of started help try to build something from the beginning and then when it does pop you're looked at as one of the people who helped build it up and then you you flourish from that. Yeah. It's a long game because you will be working for like three, four years. It takes a lot of patience. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to be really patient. And that is something I've been drilling into all these youngsters is that like this stuff does not happen overnight. Like as much as some people it does, yeah. It does happen to some people. But those people are kind of like freaks of nature. Yeah, it's a ridiculous amount of luck. Sometimes it happens and some sometimes it's not even real, you know. And a lot of those artists don't stick around for like five to ten years. They're gone within you know, like their music kind of fizzles out after the space of a couple of years and you just don't hear of them again. Yeah. And I've seen so many people that have been chasing like whatever scenes popping, you know, like one minute they will, they'll be doing grime and then the next minute um, they'll be doing dubstep and then, then they'll be doing house and then they'll be doing whatever, you know, like the next thing's going to be. But they'll always be like six months late to the party. Mm. And it's it's just like, I don't know, like it's, some people have success doing that, but I think if you want longevity, you just got to be honest to yourself and just try and do something original. And that, like, if you want to be respected as a musician, you know, if you want to be spoken of as someone who is important, then you just got to be doing you and you just got to hope that people appreciate it enough to follow what you're doing and carry on following what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, then you just pick them up slowly but surely, bit by bit, your following will grow and you'll start to earn some money, hopefully. Yeah, and I think a lot of people realise uh, or can recognise rather when someone's not genuine. Yeah, definitely. Even in the scene, like me coming back um, to London from Japan, most of the people that I hang out with are, are all cool and lovely, but you do encounter those personalities where you realise that they're not doing, they don't have their heart in the right place necessarily. Yeah, you definitely meet a lot of sort of business types yeah. in this game. And, and they might try and be subtle, but yeah, it comes out. It's definitely, definitely like they'll start talking to you, but they only really know your name they don't really know what you're doing you'll meet these people yeah. and they're like oh plastician yeah 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 oh yeah and then oh you know what i'm doing this and i'm doing that and like let me get your number and then yeah. like you'll get the email in the week and it'll be like 
completely away, like could not be further away from what you do or, yeah. you know, like they just heard your name and they want to attach what they're doing to someone who has Leeches. a little bit of credibility or yeah, you got to be very careful, like to get involved with people and yeah, trust, like you say, you can spot it. You got to be very careful in this game, like who you trust, but mm. uh, most people are trustworthy in my experience. Most people are cool. Um, but always be very wary of those people who speak business before anything else because the music should always come first and if the music's good enough the business isn't as important because it will just do it it will do the job for you yeah very true man um so if you had to like what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about you or your music um Not an easy question, i don't know i don't know actually um I don't really know what people's perception of me is. Hmm. I've always kind of um, stayed out of it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I've never really felt. I mean, there was the times I remember, like dubstep forum. I definitely think people on that forum thought I was a dick. But um, why? I wasn't a dick. I was just opinionated. And yeah, yeah, I post on there. Yeah, I would. I I, I was opinionated. Uh, I would share my opinions on things. But I definitely think I remember, like back in the days, some someone at dmz come to talk to me and i was having a chat with him for like 10 minutes and like they said to me like oh i thought he was going to be like an absolute dick because <laughs> like you know you posted that and that and i was like mate it was a joke like yeah it's like only joke sarcasm and, just yeah like sarcasm thing and like yeah it's like oh right and and i've had that a couple of times down the years but um i don't think like on a broader scale that people think i'm a dick i just think that like Maybe people have like read a couple of tweets and just made an assumption or read something I wrote online. I don't know. Like I don't feel like I write too much like stupid stuff online anymore. Maybe but, now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you really have to think about it yeah. because like you'll get, you, if people come down on you, you'll you become say infamous. Yeah, yeah, it's like, damn, you can't, you've got to be careful what you're writing on yeah. these days. Like you really do. And uh, yeah, but I think, um, I don't know. I feel like most people seem pretty cool with me. I think like the radio helps. Mm. People listen to your radio, they kind of feel like they know you because they hear your voice every week and that helps. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think uh, don't think there's any... I can't really think what people really think of me. I'm not sure. Yeah. On Dubstep Forum, your occupation was listed as A&R for a Lithuanian dance hall label. <laughs> oh my What's God. What's that about? I didn't I didn't remember that but yeah I used to um I, <laughs> I used to think I was really funny I think and uh, that was probably one of those uh I used to roll with uh, my mates we used to go on holidays and we used to think we were like the funniest people in the world and uh, that was the sort of that was the kind of banter that I would come out with like that that was almost <laughs> like borderline chat up line like if someone asked me what I did on a night out that was the kind of stuff I was coming out with so yeah it was like that yeah. would make I think that'd make a lot of girls want to learn more. Oh yeah, well <laughs> I used to tell girls all sorts, man, and I never got too far. But I I used to always have a good story to tell my mates about what I was just talking to someone about. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. There was definitely some weird jobs down the years, mm. definitely. So if you have to choose one song inside or outside of your own discography that represents plastician mm. and plastic man, what would it be? Damn. That's a tough one. Uh, I don't think I've written it yet. I Is honestly it? don't think, yeah, I don't think anything really like, I've, I don't think I've exported that track out of my computer that, that I go 
people people gonna know what time it is when they hear this like okay yeah i've always felt like i like a lot of i like all of the music i make like I w you wouldn't hear it if you wouldn't get finished if i weren't feeling it enough to like share it yeah but uh yeah i think uh it's a really tough question there's so much music that i love out there that i would love to say yeah i'll you know i'll claim that one as mine but uh yeah i don't think uh i don't think i've quite made that track yet um I've a lot of tracks that I really like. Um, I think my favourite of my own is uh, like Aqua Rhythm is one of my favourites. Um, another track I did called Alone Time, which was kind of like a progressive dubstep almost, which was quite chilled. I quite like that. When I listen to it every now and then, I'll be like, oh, that was a pretty good track. But yeah, I, I, there's not, I don't think anyone's got, I don't think ever, I ever will. I don't know. I think my tastes change all the time. So I'm always making something for the moment, you know, like something that works at that time that hopefully will like uh, pass the test of time. Yeah. But yeah, I can't nail down a track. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't say Aqua Rhythm because uh, I'm glad you wrote it up because like a, maybe a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you wrote on Facebook. You're like, I still don't think I've topped this tune. What is it about that song? I think because of like? where that tune was like i totally elevated what i was doing in that song like before that i was just kind of writing eight bar grime uh quite basic uh production that was one of the first tracks i ever even opened up a vst and like played chords and stuff like that in i'd never put chords on any song before that wow and it was like grime that totally flipped itself on its head at the tail end of the track and no I don't even know if anyone's made instrumental grime that does that now. Like maybe, maybe they have. I don't know. Like there's definitely stuff that sounds a bit grimy that's like that now. Mm. Well, it sounds like grime. But at the time when I made that, no one knew what to, people were saying. It's not grime, and it wasn't clearly wasn't dubstep. And that was the sort of music that that was that sort of era where like people like your Aphex Twins were looking at what I was doing because of probably because of that. You know, mm. and at the time I was just doing, I was just having fun. And like, if having fun brought that out of me, I was just, I listen to it now and I'm like, damn, I'd love to be like, I'd love to have that headspace now. Like I'd, I'd be, but have the know-how, the knowledge that I do about production now. Yeah. But like having that kind of like play, playground, like fun, anything goes. Attitude that childhood. To like, like, yeah. Just like sense being. Sense of innocence for me. Yeah. Just like anything goes, all yeah, the patterns. No rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I don't think I'll ever be able to find that 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 headspace again but um yeah i love i love that track and uh yeah it still sounds good now to me and just like listening to it and trying to imagine in what i was thinking when i was like probably like 19 when i wrote that and had barely even been producing for like six months or something and i write, wrote that and i listen to it now and i'm like wow like kind of amazes me that my 19 year old self could do that yes i don't feel like anything i've done since has like blown me away when i listen back to it now i'm like yeah, it's a decent track i'll play that out now or i could get away with playing that amongst some of the stuff that's played now and but that one for me is kind of like it's a creeper there's something about it yeah yeah i just really like the, the darkness of it the tail end of it i've never really been able to create that atmosphere I really like the simps in it. Yeah. So what uh, artists do you think we should be listening to? Um, I was going to say like Clacy Jones because I'm looking after him, but uh, I genuinely think that that's why I'm looking after him. I never ever intended on like managing anyone or being someone's mentor or anything, mm. but 
when I heard his music, it blew my socks off. So I hope uh, more and more people check him out and uh, enjoy it. Um, other artists, who else? You probably can't tell us some of them because you're trying to get. Yeah, there's terrible. probably a few that I'm trying to sign. It's always um, funny when you ask label owners this question. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I I never know. The thing is, I get sent so much good music and like people like evolve so quickly nowadays as well that like they'll send you something that you're like this is good and then two weeks later you're like oh my god like where did this one come from mm. like and then every week after that it's like getting better and better before you know it you've yeah. got a monster on your hands like but yeah there's um there's so much good music in that wave scene at the moment definitely uh definitely have a little dig around um that when the wave pool album comes out just kind of look up the all the producers like go through their their back catalogs go and watch what they're reposting on soundcloud like yeah. there's a lot of good music coming out of that movement at the moment um who else man there's definitely some more people that i cannot even think of do you know what like this festival season i've been saying about like oh a lot of dead djs blah 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 but i've actually really enjoyed listening to like techno i never thought i'd like techno okay I couldn't tell you any of the artists that I particularly enjoy because I haven't got round to digging into it yet. Yeah. Some of the DJ sets that I did enjoy this summer were techno ones. It uh, does bang at festivals. Yeah. It? And I was like, some of it was like finding this little side stage and just listening to DJs and being like, this is really good. Like a guy called Honey is like amazing DJ. Like he doesn't just play techno, but yeah, I mean, he his DJ set blew me away. Um, he's my mate, but like Scream played one of the best sets I think I've ever heard um, at Hideout Festival. Um, and yeah, I just like, I was really pleased for him as his friend. I was like, couldn't believe how well he played. And yeah. just hearing some of the music he was playing, I was really into it. And yeah, I'm going to definitely start digging around. Um, I wouldn't... Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you like who any of the artists that I heard. Yeah, were yeah. I, mean, I haven't got into the the digging yeah, around and finding. Yeah, you don't when you were there in the festival. You just yeah, enjoy I was the music. just like, like this, this, is this works decent. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of the time, I never really could get into it, but this time round, I was like, this is good. I mm. like this. Yeah, cool. But um, yeah, I I think yeah, it's kind of interesting. Okay. Always constantly like trying to, you know, be open minded about music, and uh, I I never thought I'd get in, into techno. I never thought I'd enjoy it as much as I actually have been doing in the last six months or so. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. It wouldn't fit in with what I play now, so I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. But I can enjoy like a... it. It might be something that I enjoy in my spare time. Yeah. Maybe like bang the odd mix out or something. But I couldn't imagine like it becoming a part of like my repertoire. Yeah. Doing a techno set. Like, yeah, like, like you do. I'd be so, yeah, I'd be so surprised if people yeah. started booking me for that kind of thing. Cool. So last question, what are your plans apart from the platform for the next 12 months? I just want to get more music out. Um, I've got so much stuff that I'm sat on at the minute. It's just a case of working out what fits with what and maybe like putting it into EPs. I've got a track with Jams actually that um, we just need to shoot a video for. Yeah. Once that's done, um, we'll start scheduling that. Um, but yeah, apart from like put, like running the label on this new platform, um, I really, really, really want to put out some music. And I have got some music that I'm really pleased with. Of your own? Yes, of yeah. my own, yeah. So, yeah, it's just finding a slot in the release schedule unless I can offer it up to another label. But I haven't even thought about that yet. Yeah. Um, I'd like to release it myself. But, uh, yeah, we've got a hectic release schedule. It's just finding a little window somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to think that within the next couple of months I'll at least have something scheduled, like there'll be a release date or somewhere. 
yeah. definitely like at the moment just trying to get as much like a, just as much attention on what I'm doing so just trying to keep super busy um, doing things like interviews like with yourself like all these things are things that are keeping me super busy and it's just nice to have an opportunity to talk about what I'm doing still and uh, I feel like there's the best is yet to come I do I honestly think that this is the beginning of something else I yeah. don't know how big it will be but I feel like I feel definitely feel confident that like something's going to happen we just got to wait and see if it does <laughs> awesome I'm not going to try yeah I'm going to be working hard enough to make sure it does but whether it does or doesn't is like yeah. Hobson's choice you know yeah <laughs> cool but man thanks for having me man no, no, no. thank you really good chat and uh yeah, I look forward to uh, listening back. Yeah, likewise, man. Thank Big you. Big up. Thank you. <laughs> Bless.